This is the At 530 on Main podcast. I'm Sean Collins. And I'm Mike Davis. And we're here to discuss the convergence of digital and physical experiences in today's world. With Extend Group as an expert in designing online experiences and VPS Architecture, an expert on creating physical experiences, you will hear unique discussions on technology, theory, and more that merges our separate areas of expertise into one podcast experience. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy today's At 530 on Main podcast episode. That's, That's okay. Recording. It's what all was big. the one we did? We were talking for like 20 minutes. We it was the like, best oh, one we, ever. We got to start this. <gasps> no. It was the best one ever. Yeah, we just started talking. Yeah. Well, good. I want to be the best one ever. Yeah. So we're well, already doing go. it. Okay. okay. Just <laughs> cut right into it. So yeah. this is already going to be the best recording ever <laughs> of At 530 on Main podcast here at the Extension Studio, 530 Main Street, Evansville, Indiana. I have my co-host, Mike Davis, from VPS Architecture with me. And today we have Julie Hoon, who is from Youth First, right? That's right. My goodness. I'm looking at the best bio sheet ever. Yes. And I will not do it justice, I'm sure. But <laughs> typically I get these long paragraph forms, and this is the the, the best user experience ever that I'm looking at here. I'm going to tell you a couple of, a couple highlights here of Julie's career. Julie right here says, Joyful Fundraiser at Youth First, Inc. Julie is an accomplished marketing and com communication strategist who leads a growth-oriented development team at Youth First, an Indiana-based nonprofit committed to strengthening kids and families with mental health uh, supports and coping skills. So guess what? She is from, she lives in Evansville, Indiana, but she was born in Houston, Texas. Texas. girl, yes. Uh, are you a hook em horns, gig em aggies? What are you? Gig em aggies. All Whoa, right, well, there you, you go. Yeah, I'm proud of you for knowing that. You well, my wife is from Austin. Okay, yes. So she's from the other, but there, there, there's a lot well, in the family, right? My, I wish people could see my Aggie ring that I'm flashing at you right now. Yes. Aggies are very <laughs> proud, you know, pride people. Proud yes. People. And uh, I'm a super proud Aggie. Yes. yes. We, early on, they make you determine Longhorn or Aggie. You yes. You claim it pretty I early can, on. I can see that in the family lines as we go down there. Very <laughs> much so. Um, you have been to California, Pennsylvania. Ohio, Kansas. Lived in all of those states, yes. Now living in Indiana. You were named 20 under 40 here by the Rotary Club of Evansville last year. I was a super big honor, We'll yes. talk about that okay. during a pandemic experience. <laughs> you know, the word experience. Um, happily married. Uh, you can tell us a little bit about your family. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So yes. What, do we, what would you like to know about Mike? Say that again. Sorry. What would you like us to know about Mike? <laughs> oh, Mike. Mike. <laughs> my Not husband. Mike. Your husband. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. You've wow. been married to him since yeah. 2017. I, I just thought you were turning the mic over to Mike. I'm so sorry. My mic no. is wonderful. My mic is an Evansville native, yeah. born and raised, a West Sider. West Sider. So I have learned that these West Siders, they don't just say they're from Evansville. They say they're from the West, West side, side of Evansville. Yeah. Say so West Side. He went to modern day. Um, he's a hockey player. So we have a really 
there's a great youth hockey program in Evansville, and uh, he and his brother grew up playing hockey, and my stepson plays hockey at the collegiate level now, so big hockey fan. And So, um, so a, you're used to packing your lunch to go across Pigeon Creek, yes, right? Yes, you have to kind of announce it early in the week, like you're going to be traveling east, yes, yes. No, I love the West Side. I love West it. Side is, is wonderful. Uh, I went to Mount Vernon High School, grew up in, I, I told you my, my whole stop across, you know, started in Chandler, then went to St. Philip. so I understand the, the modern day, you know, you know, we are from the West Side yes. versus, but I went to Mount Vernon, there's a little, you know, differences there, of okay. course. Yeah. You know? So, Territorial, yeah. yes. You, you get it. But uh, Julie is a big advocate of Evansville. She volunteers with the Evansville Area Fundraising Council. She's the Tri-State Texas A&M Club. There are Aggies in Indiana, and we found each other, and we have a club. I love it. <laughs> so, oh, I I, yes, graduates of A&M, I think all across the country you would find alumni groups, and there's one right here in Evansville. We have a great group of Aggies that live and work in southern Indiana. So. How many? What's it up to? Um, I would say there our club. There's probably about 15 or 20 of us, and then when we get together, we bring spouses, kids, yeah, and have nice... a lot of fun, watch some good football together. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. So Corpus Christi Booster Club as well. Yes, I'm going to be the president of the Booster Club. Boom. So All right. mom power right there. It's a great. <laughs> that's our church, and then our our school. Our kids are there. So. Um, I love the school and then want to help and support. And that's a great way to be involved is, of course, with your kids, the PTO organizations. They call it the Booster Club. But Amazing. Love that group. Yes. But listen to this. Her life motto is choose joy. In her spare time, she's a runner, traveler, college hockey fan, and joy enthusiast. What does it mean to be a joy enthusiast? Oh, well, it, it means truly choosing joy in every moment. So I there's a TED Talk I love, and the I actually wrote her name down so I could mention it. Ingrid Lee does this talk about where joy lives and how you find it. Yes. And it's fascinating because even when I walked into your space and you have these bright yellow walls welcoming me, <laughs> I felt joy. So it's these little moments of joy that literally physically in your brain make you happy, make you want to smile and jump, or in my case, hug people. I, I'm quite known for my hugs. Um, it's just, it's finding happiness in these moments, and they might be small moments at the time, but over time, they add up. And I, I get, I live joy in my work. I live joy in my family and in my, the activities I do and where I get involved and in this community. So yeah. I, I mean it when I say just choosing joy, being a joyful person. Um, I remember I was young and they said, okay, everyone pick an adjective to describe yourself and it has to start with the first letter of your name. Well, I'm Julie <laughs> and I chose the, chose the word joy, joyful Julie. Yeah. And um, I guess it worked because I, I really do live life that way. So I think we can find and choose joy all around us. That is amazing. Um, like, just to, like like you said, when you, you early on just kind of connected with that word, that experience, and 
have have lived with that and are growing through it. Well, and in my work, and I, I'm really excited to talk about youth first, but truly living happier and healthier, joy is a part of that. So yeah. finding joy, and it's a powerful resource. It really is. I mean, feeling happy with yourself, and, and it just, it does. It leads to even physical health benefits. And um, so I encourage everyone that find your joy buckets, find your joy to-dos. Um, I mean, life is hard. There's plenty of hard, but you've got to balance it with joy. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us about Youth First. I mean, amazing organization. Met with some of the individuals the other day there. But like, give us, tell us about Youth First. Definitely. Youth First is is kids. Youth First is joy. So Youth First was founded right here in Evansville 23 years ago by a man named Dr. Bill Wooten. And Dr. Wooten, he is our founder who is still very involved to this day. I think the world of him, um, and I'm honored to, to carry out this work. And what Dr. Wooten did, this was back in the 90s, he was running the Mulberry Center, um, an addictions treatment center. It was actually housed in Wellborn Hospital okay. um, at the time. St. Mary's, I believe, took over Wellborn later on. But um, at the time, yeah, there was the Mulberry Center. And Dr. Wooten was the... Um, doctor kind of running that center and he was seeing more and more teens who were struggling with addiction. Um, they were sent to him, usually, you know, insurance mandated, maybe a couple days or a week at a time, but mm -hmm. again, heavily struggling with addiction, um, traumatic home lives, not doing well in school, not many, not much support in their lives, pretty bleak outlooks for them. And it really pulled on his heartstrings. And he said, I want to, I want to prevent this. I, I want to, you know, help these kids. I want to help future kids get to them before they make these choices for themselves. Yeah. And uh, so the, the word there is prevention. He really began diving into and studying about prevention efforts. And what he did for this community was rally community leaders at the time, um, bring together the, the movers and the shakers. And again, this was in the 90s. Yeah. But um, research prevention-based efforts that are, that are good for a community and good for kids. And Youth First was born. So Youth First is now... Um, our mission is strengthening youth and families, and we do that through evidence-based programs. These programs maximize student success. They prevent, you know, problems and, and risk factors and, and different areas that can really set a kiddo on a difficult track. And instead, yeah. they arm them with resilience and, and coping skills and all the good stuff. So, and a big piece of that, are the program we're, we're most known for is school-based social work. Okay. So getting to kids, um, the schools was a no-brainer. Get social workers into the schools and they're there for kids. So now, the present day Youth First, we've got a reach of 12 counties, over 90 school partners, and um, hundreds and hundreds of prevention programs that we're doing in schools and in the community, um, and they're all free. We don't charge anything for our services and our programs, and we are reaching thousands of Indiana students and working on them with, you know, providing them with mental health supports. Yeah, I think that's one of the keys, like being in the schools was, yeah. is, is huge because it's not waiting until after school to go see someone or getting, you know, having That's to travel. Right. They're right there in the school and they can, they have the ability sometimes to leave class if they need to or, or go down to, 
and get the help and it's immediate and i think that's a huge impact on oh you're right on these social workers so we hire master's level social workers they've got their msw they're licensed here in indiana Mm -hmm. and they are they're embedded in the school building they're right down the hall so we're in k through 12 schools and um what that looks like is having an office right there in the school building that any child can sit and talk with someone right away. There's a social emotional support system in that building. Um, the kids can refer, like in middle school and high school, they can refer themselves, they can refer a friend. With our younger ones in the elementary schools, um, a parent or a teacher can refer a child. So maybe they see some issues going on in the classroom or some struggles with schoolwork or especially as they get older, peer issues, social issues, um, depression and anxiety are heavy among teens. And so, again, social emotional supports right there in the school in the form of a youth first social worker. So, you know, my the purpose of the at 530 on main uh, podcast was Mike and I talk about experiences all the time. Extend group builds you know, experiences for their customers. Mike builds physical experiences, you know, within, you know, his facilities that, that he designs. And um, so, like, what is the experience? Like you said, you know, it was so important today for, you know, these programs to be in school. I totally get that as, you know, everything's a 365, 24 so What is the experience for kids in school today? Like what? Like, you know, it's amazing. Like Mike said, one of the key components is it's in school because, you know, they don't have to wait. So that instant on, yeah. I, you know, I I thought about a lot about that with coming on today, and I what came to my mind was equipping kids with calm. So it, you're right. Life is so busy. We're we're busy as people. Kids are busy and and moving from activity to activity or house to house in some cases. Or you know, there's a lot of home lives that don't look alike. And so, yeah. um, and then in we even from the school day, lots of pressure. You know, this mental health supports they don't have an income level or a uh, socioeconomic boundary. I right. Mean, we've got kids putting incredibly tense pressure on themselves for high success in school and and high grades and. Um, So the social worker, that experience is walking into a room that is all of a sudden calm. I I mean, literally and physically calm. I, when I visit with our social workers, you walk into their office and they even, uh, you know, bright school building lights, they, we have um, light covers and tiles that are painted or they put out um, like blues and greens and yeah. they can like change the whole aesthetic of the room just from light covers and they have lamps and rugs and couches and pillows and you know thinking corners or little I mean kind of like a therapist's office if you will so yeah. right there in the school building so and and again just that that allowing that child to immediately just sit and take a deep breath and calm and then the, the person, the mental health professional, that youth first social worker is yeah. right there to begin that conversation, that to listen um, or to just let the child sit and, and cope and, and talk. So important today with mm. that, that ability, just with the instant on, I'm going to, you know, be able to say this, do this, whatever, that, that hands on. And I think amazing. the bigger key too is, you know, community, the experience of community, because youth first isn't well, you hear about we're in all these counties. It's, it can, it's specific to that county. Yeah. And money can stay in that mm-hmm. county if people mm-hmm. donate. It's set up in such a good way that 
you know, you're not just supporting this broad organization. You're supporting your community when you donate to Youth First. Yeah. And you help support what oh, it's, what they do. It's true. We invite support from all of our community partners and, and especially individuals and businesses because these kiddos are going to be the future leaders of their community. So we want to equip our young people with coping skills and resiliency yeah. skills and just inner strength because we... You know, we all know life is going to be hard. It's going to be thrown at you uh, regardless. So being right. able to adapt and cope. And um, th there's a lot thrown at our young people these days. They're weighing a lot of pressures on them. We see it with the social media pressures, gaming yeah. pressures, um, <laughs> just that busy life we talked about. So um, to teach them how just how to handle, how to handle your stress, how to handle your emotions. Um, the, when I mention risk factors, um, unfortunately, we all know people who turn to risky behaviors as coping mechanisms. And so if we can reduce those risk factors, increase protective factors in yeah. our young people and protective factors are, you know, bonding skills and communication supports and, and um, just family bonds, peer bonds, uh, self-confidence, things like that, then you've got a pretty pretty strong young person coming your way. Amazing. Who the business, who our future, who our that's businesses right. can hire one day. You know, that's yeah. what's cool about it mm -hmm. is it really is full circle with strong youth leading to strong community. Love it. Love it. So, all right, I've said the word experience like seven or eight times now, you know, the, the, the big, the, probably the hardest question on, on the list right now is that we, you know, like to cover is what does that word experience mean to you? Well, I love the question because my role at Youth First is the fundraising piece. And so I thank you for reading that joyful fundraiser description. I'm, I'm very proud of that. And uh, a bit of background on me is that I, I'm not one of the social workers. I don't have the mental health background. So I they are my heroes and I love talking about them and sharing what they do. But then I have the honor of inviting support for the work. And so I lean on my marketing and communications background, which there yeah. I did sales years ago. And the key word there is that's experience. I mean, truly building a relationship with anyone who's sitting across the table for you, from you, you know, and, and connecting with them and Absolutely. figuring out what, what their interests are. And so that translates into fundraising. So for me, the experience is the donor experience. Number one, are you a youth first donor? I love, I love working with it. We have thousands of donors across the, the country, honestly. So when I get to thank a donor for the, their contribution to youth first, um, whether it's an annual contribution, monthly contribution and kind contribution, we have, there are so many ways you can donate and, and just make that work happen. Um, so we have, thousands of donors and then inviting new donors. Um, I, there's a theory about the joy in fundraising and that has certainly rang true for me. So I, I am, I consider myself pretty new to fundraising. This, my job at Youth First is, um, my first endeavor in fundraising. I've been here for four years and I have passionately learned what it means to be a, a fundraiser and I've really resonated with it. And I think I enjoy it so much because it's, it's, it's the experience. It's inviting like I said, inviting that donor into Youth First, teaching them about the work we do, and then letting them tell me where they want to support, how they want to, you know, support a program, support a school, support a county, um, 
maybe whatever, whatever. It's kind of like we get to dream together and we all have an inner philanthropist. I truly believe that, right? We all, I think for the most part, there is something, uh, you know, the love of mankind. That's one of my favorite words about, or or terms when it comes to philanthropy and loving all of mankind. So I, I guess I want to say, I always encourage you to find your find your bucket right what like find we all need that volunteer that that inner philanthropist so it could be animals or um you know world peace or uh um echo what is it um like the the environment right yeah. I mean, yeah but for a lot of people it's kids so when i right. my experience is connecting with the people that want to support these kids and inviting that support yeah peace index right that's a, a giant term yes. peace index is five core pieces people personal health place provision and purpose oh, so like one of that. those things drives that that inner you and uh that's something that uh that purpose of philanthropy the is purpose. Is, yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So it was interesting enough, and this isn't on the list. Okay. Um, but we talked earlier about the relationship uh, of you actually started in the automotive industry, mm-hmm. right? Worked I did. at Ford. Of oh man, that's that's just amazing. But how did that help? How did that experience, because it's such a relationship industry, mm-hmm. help you form the foundation of where you're you're at today? I mean, I, I like I always like because it's a different category, and I do like people to understand like the how hard it really is to function within that because everything is a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Between mm-hmm. you know the car distribution network or the brand and and their purpose to the dealer and then the dealer to their and then how that's maintained all the way through and it's just all about relationship and trust and all those things that did, did that help you or where you're at today being a joyful fundraiser oh a hundred percent it did yes and i you're right i worked at ford motor company i was a territory sales manager and so i was involved with the dealer network and you're right that's a uh, i think when most people think fords of course you're thinking of the vehicles on the road and the manufacturer is you know right cranking them out with the big giant plants around the country um but they don't sell to the end user the dealers do so they have an incredibly extensive mm-hmm. dealer network and so ford hires like I was in there, they had an FCG program, Ford College Graduate Program, yeah. and they're training us into that sales system of exactly that, taking orders and inventory needs from plant to dealership floor and then customer buying from the dealership. So there were 17 regional offices, uh, at least at the time when I was with the company. Um, and it was really exciting. We were young and trained up in Dearborn yeah. and um, got to learn, actually physically got to go visit some dealerships. And so you're learning what the sales process looks like on the dealership floor and for the customer, right. the end user. And then, um, and that's where you've got sales guys doing walk arounds, you know, and you really, yeah. for car people you just like to learn the the coolest new features of a car that that was so much fun and then um but we uh, as uh, sales managers for the manufacturer we had a network of dealers and then i had wholesale objectives every month so i had lots and lots of inventory that i wanted them committing to (laughs) so when i was working with dealers we were looking at projections for months out what are they going to sell in the next three months six months and of course i had you know they needed f-150s and i was trying to get 
them to take some focuses. Yeah. Or, you know, like I had a whole product line that I had to hit my objective every month. So I guess to, to wrap it back, though, that certainly gave me an appreciation for um, achievement and, and sales success, right? Because I wanted to be at the top of the list every month and not at the bottom as far as your sales ranking and sales motivation. But yeah. then um, truly connecting with people. So what was so neat about working with the Ford dealers uh, they they were like a community. Talk about a community person. They're selling cars. Yeah. They were the Ford dealer in many places. Like I was calling on Nebraska for a while. I mean, there are some rural Ford Nebraska dealerships where, you know, that guy's, it's a third generation owner. Grandpa started the business. Everyone in town knows that dealership that and dealer. that store. Or you've got your major metro markets where they're pumping out you know, hundreds and hundreds of vehicles a week. But yeah. still, regardless, they are working with customers. They're meeting needs. Um, we, a lot of people will buy right off the floor or mm -hmm. we're putting in orders back at the factory or they're doing dealer trades. So now, it was it was a fascinating yeah. world. Now, how different is that experience as, oh. as someone on the outside of that industry? You know, you drive by these lots last yeah. year, yeah. right? Yeah, and you're free. like, how do they sell <laughs> this many cars? Like... Do they just take them back? What, what? Where do all these cars go? And now you see the supply chain drop, it's and you're low. like, they can't get them. Oh, now I guess they do sell that right many now. cars. Yes, yes. Nuts. yes. Yeah, these I, lots are dwindling. I mean, they're becoming empty, vacant. You and it's are amazing. exactly right. There's no, they cannot. Any dealer will tell you that right now. They cannot get <laughs> yeah. inventory whatsoever fleet sales or fleet inventories down yes. retail inventories down um i think the the plants are trying to make up for maybe downtime or lost time i'm not sure exactly but you're right they can't but, get it, the but, the, but the experience for me is always like you know oh you drive by tons of cars there's all <laughs> find me a car go get now you're like looking at it going oh are, are we gonna have cars and next few months is it just gonna be kenny kent with vacant asphalt yeah like three cars i bet out he's there, trying to cars but load back up as yeah. quickly as you can and it's in a you know dealerships are sitting on millions of dollars of floor plan yeah. they they call that yeah that's their floor yeah plan. but now you can so. buy it from an app and you can go out and you can pull <laughs> oh, yeah. one from a rolodex What's the building one where, yeah you don't even need the car dealer carvana or, and carvana, carvana yeah. yes yeah i actually saw a guy riding around he had carvana on his license plate i was like hmm yeah Interesting. Just go. I don't know that I could ever do that. I know. It's a I'm different experience, much. right? I got to drive it. Sorry. Gotta they bring it, it to you now, though. Oh, no, but I got to test drive it. We, yeah. we yeah. get a car. I'll test drive four or five in a day. Yeah. If I'm looking go at a car because I want to, here's what I want. Yeah. Here's what I think I want. And then you test drive four or five and then get it down to one. But I'm not a. But I also only buy a car after mine dies after 300,000 miles. Oh, yeah. I'm See, also I, that I learned the benefits of leasing, too. Yeah. So I can actually, I, I became a fan of leases. So you are, you, we'd have to change your mindset there, Mike. I yeah. did hear a little bit about that the other day on a TikTok video from a financial expert. The benefits of leasing. Yeah. The joy of new. The joy That's of new. That's part of it. Always, yeah. Every two years or every three years, new vehicle. But lower payments, yeah. always under warranty. See, no yeah. depreciation, all those things. A, if you're not driving heavy miles, you know, yeah. you can't be driving an hour to work each morning. But in an urban area, yeah. it can really be a good benefit. Some good rates. So. All right, Mike, you're going to have to bring us back. Yes. You're going to have to bring us back Very because that back. was my actual, like, tell us about your experience within yeah. that industry and how it's helped with fundraising uh being a joyful 
fundraiser. Yeah. Yes, yes. So just, again, just knowing people, listening to people, right? I yeah. mean, that's what you guys are so great at. The visioning what the needs are or what what yeah. is going to bring them joy. I swear, I will always bring it back to joy. But that's we're humans, and we want to be well, and happy yeah. and connect, and that's part of it. For me, it's that yeah, the aggravation of when you're trying to design for a client, and the client's just like. Whatever, just give me this many offices and what and like, but no, look at your space, mm-hmm. think about your space, think about how you use it, and just find a moment, something in there that's going to make you happy and and you don't realize how much that affects you from a working productivity, all of that uh, and what they do. A lot of people don't get it until they they know the bad, they don't know the good, right? Yes. So yes. what's a spacer? Where you've been and your many travels are working, obviously, probably downtown Michigan, right? Or Detroit. Once. Yeah, no, Dearborn. We'll there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, one that makes you emotional. Like you just think about it and you're like, oh, I love being there so much. It just was like, felt great. I Well, I saw that question on here, a space that makes you emotional. And I, well, first of all, I immediately went to happy in my head. And I think mm-hmm. some people would probably go the other way, right? Emotional I and can. they're thinking this made me angry or this made me sad. But I went to happy. And so a space that makes me happy and especially to tie it back to you first, that's why I wanted to describe truly that office or that yeah. calm, mm-hmm. soft, you know, like circles and round line or I mean, just softer areas and spaces. But even things like... Um, uh, you know, the, a church or your home or your child's room, mm-hmm. or I, the, I was, I was really trying to focus on what swimming pools, you know, like what, where are spaces where I have felt emotional and happy or connected to that space. And it was definitely, um, it, it kind of tied it back to joyful for me. So oh, yeah. that, um, Yes, and truly with kids, I was I was going more towards um, that calm, cool office space. Even colors are right, and oh, yeah. um, or bright colors, bright playgrounds. It makes like a difference. Yeah. yeah, it does make a difference. So, to just be connected to that space, and sometimes spaces are just the stuff that's in them, but sometimes spaces are actually you know an an event, uh, an area you know that you you go to and you look at. And the Grand Canyon obviously is one that's like that's yes. a huge space. Well, in that TED Talk I mentioned, she talked about, um, so Sandy Hook, the elementary yeah. school that where the mm-hmm. shooting took place, when they rebuilt it, the architect team they worked with truly wanted to build a soft, welcoming space. And they literally made the building curve, like a hug. Oh, yeah. So it curves and a welcoming arc. Yeah. Um, they put, instead of hard, sharp lines on the, you know, um, I, it was kind of interesting. The correlation there was sometimes in nature, you know, antlers or things that might hurt you or harm you are usually hard, jagged edges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So soft, um, the, literally the front of the Sandy Hook School after it was redone was like a rolling um, roof line. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. um, yeah. Like, so just that soft um, art look. I so I thought that was so fascinating because truly they w- wanted to um, make make a welcoming space. Now you probably disappoint some people by not seeing the, the bonfire. Like, what the... Oh, <laughs> um, it, it, what A&M's known for. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so the Aggie bonfire, it fell before I attended. Yeah. It okay. fell in like 1998. Okay. Uh-huh. I was still in high school uh-huh. just for a couple more years at that time. Um, I, I got to A&M in 2001. So they, yes, Missed the, the bonfire, it? They w- it's not um, a campus not event was, anymore. Yeah. Some students... Yeah. 
I know even when I was there, they were doing offsite bonfires, but oh, because it was yeah. such a tradition. A yeah. and M is steeped in traditions, and that was one that, that was we're a known huge for. One. Yeah, yes. Was, watch it, football season. It was like, okay, when are they? When are they doing the bonfire? The bonfire. Yes, yes. And now, yeah. okay, that's a really neat space. So on campus, they built a memorial for that bonfire. Uh, Twelve students died in the when it fell. So the memorial mm. is a circle, and there are 12 pillars. Each pillar faces the hometown of the student that passed, and wow. their names and, and pictures are on it. It's a beautiful space. Yeah. And and it, even that, I mean, I'm thinking of it in my head. It's very bright and open at the top, and you walk in, and it's warm and round and then you've got their faces and their hometowns yeah. and it, Texas it was family a, I'm, learning. I'm learning yes yes now yeah. you know college station yeah. you got to yes. go to college station to visit it will they let you enter college station Aggie land I don't know they there's a few yes okay. I know okay. Allie definitely would would take me and, and show me around so absolutely oh my yeah. husband cringes because I if I see someone wearing an A&M t-shirt or a hat I'm going to approach them <laughs> I'm going to say howdy I'm going to ask how they're connected to A&M <laughs> now the further you get from Texas sometimes they look at me like I'm crazy and they're like I'm just a fan it's just a t-shirt but <laughs> yeah. I'm like no, <laughs> no I'm going to meet you and hey. ask how you know about A&M just yes. being a fan's good enough yes you know. yes <laughs> absolutely so like one of the we talked earlier about the, the the connectivity of the space being real time and all those things. As a joyful fundraiser, how is what I've been a privilege to be a part, like watching digital transform a lot, how, how is that experience uh, impacted the way in which you're able to grow the knowledge of Youth First? Oh, I love that you're asking. I wanted to share um, from an organization standpoint and how our social workers connected with kids. We actually leaned pretty heavily on some digital areas there. So I thought that'd be neat to share because, you know, I mentioned the school-based social work. Yeah. And in March of 2020, school buildings closed. Mm -hmm. So that was our model being just down the hall. And here uh, we had an unprecedented experience that we all went through where School buildings were closed and kids were sent home. Well, for us, for Youth First, that was the middle of the second semester of the school year, mm -hmm. our social workers carry a caseload of kids. So these are, you know, vulnerable, high-needs kids that they're checking in on a routine basis. Yeah. And um, now they weren't in school together. And so we, uh, Youth First, immediately pivoted, and we knew those social workers needed to connect with those kids, and we were able to lean on technology to yeah. do that. So, and thanks to a lot of COVID relief funding and, and supports um, like even the Greater Evansville Relief Fund and yes, some of these amazing big. organizations that came together to get COVID relief dollars into the community. Um, Youth First benefited from that, as did many organizations. So we were able to do things like secure um, private Zoom phone lines oh, and wow. the HIPAA compliant telehealth licenses yep. yeah. so social workers could connect with these kids. And think about the, what the kids were going through. Um, I heard one of our social workers say, you know, they are used to a school building day, the bell's mm -hmm. ringing, they're in the hall, they're going from class to class, they're told what time to move on. And now all of a sudden, they're at home managing a virtual schedule, much like a college yeah. freshman. Yeah. Some college freshmen can't even manage it. And we had 12-year-olds now needing to you know, manage a day virtually. So it was a lot, it was a lot of new pressures along with isolation and um, social stuff kind of paused. Uh, so just a whole new area 
of pressures and um, youth first social workers were able yeah. to connect with those kids, uh, do a lot of resourcing, even with schoolwork demands needed, Wi-Fi and laptops. Yeah. We have some rural counties where that they didn't have laptops, they didn't have Wi-Fi. So yeah. our social workers who are incredible resourcers were getting laptops and getting students connected to Wi-Fi hotspots, um, truly whatever was needed. Even in some cases, um, kids kind of fell off the radar. So our social workers were able, able to partner with the school principal or a counselor and do site visits and, and get oh, these good. kids, yeah. get eyes on the kids, um, get them connected to the school virtually the way they need to be and then support from a social emotional yeah, standpoint. The physical connection that you had was gone now. Right, right. And how do you get that back? Because being largely in the healthcare industry, uh, for what I do, you know, telehealth pandemic shut up some companies from 14,000 a month to 400,000 a month doing telehealth. And now you're look, and that was largely mental health. And you're looking at everyone trying to implement hybrids, right? It, they're not reducing their patient load, which is what a lot of people think. Oh, yeah. I just do virtual and I doctors see less people, blah, blah, blah. No, More actually. More time in the day even, I would think. No, actually, it's same amount of people. Just now, instead of having five minutes with you in the office, I get 15. It's because I'm only spending a couple minutes over here with this person virtually to say, oh, you got a sinus infection. Here's your prescription. Yeah. So wow. it's actually becoming a hybrid more than you know, reducing the patient load. And so that experience. So when you brought up, hey, getting laptops or site visits. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, as a youth first, more takes on what's going to happen next. Is it going to be a hybrid, do you think? Or do you think it's going to be that physical connection is too important? To oh, lose? well, the physical connection is incredibly important. And so now when schools open back up and our social workers were right back in the building, mm -hmm. but strategically, the organization is growing and we're being asked to grow. It's, it's a very exciting, yeah. demanding time for Youth First because mental health is at the forefront. COVID did that, right? And we've been talking mental health for 23 years. So we are yeah. ready and, and wanting to grow. Uh, so we have schools asking for Youth First services and school partner requests coming in quite frequently. So it and, and even that, like out of the state, can we can we offer services r remotely? And mm -hmm. then yeah. we have to look at licensing and, and all, you know, how that works, how. But you do you kind of see um, like the health dot com areas where, you know, telehealth mm -hmm. is is emerging. And so yeah. how can we adapt and move forward? And then I do want to say on the fundraising side, what my team was able to do with virtual and yeah. digital connections. Uh, first of all, we ramped up our website. And so we knew that hours now at home, people being home based, we saw our website traffic jump. And so we wanted to respond to that. So we were able to use our social workers for a lot of wonderful resources for parents. So we immediately came out with COVID resources for families. They're home based mm -hmm. wow. now. Yeah. They've got mm. children and struggles yeah. that were um, right in front of them. So we did a lot of video work. We did a lot of um, articles and, and blogs and just really wanted to get content out there for parents and educators. And you know the stress on teachers really jumped so yes. teachers who are used to standing in front of the classroom teaching you know their classroom teaching mm -hmm. they now had to teach over zoom or, or teach with children hopping in and out of computer screens or who knows what's going on at the home so the stress yeah. on teachers was really high and then our social workers were able we did more teacher meetings last year than we have ever done and that's just because if you were to ask any principal yes i mean they were worried about their students but they had to care for their staff 
too. And so Youth First was able to help with um, Zoom self-care sessions for teachers, you know, really some good, yeah. helpful content for teachers. And then uh, I was just going to say, so that was our, our website focus from a fundraising perspective. Just we know that people are visiting our website. And then on the donation side, I... I saw our donors step up like I've never seen before. So donors usually, I, I would say most of our donors give on an annual basis and usually that the, the fourth quarter of the year, that, that end of year giving, um, very significant and you're getting it ready before taxes and all that. Uh, we had donors throw off their own giving cycles because they, they wanted to give to help extra during COVID. Or, so we saw an incredible amount of donations come in. I saw um, a large amount of donor advised funds happening and, and donors using stock gifts and stock transfers. And mm -hmm. so I think that's kind of neat as, um, you know, the they're not all good from COVID, but some of the silver lining mm -hmm. has meant um, some more wealth or some more time to mm -hmm. maybe focus on charities and, and support. And we, we have certainly seen that. So Amazing. Yes. So with, with you said you saw increased traffic on the website and donors were, were so with communications and, and trying to get the word out and, and we try to emphasize this as much as possible to our clients today are you trying a little bit of everything or do you know where these channels are at like have you been able to carve out a this this user or this individual in need we use this platform and like are, are, are you just is it still the general we're going to try everything and see where it's at or it, like I, I told one organization a couple weeks ago I said let's get good at one thing like let's make the best like responsive design website that has giving and all those things first and lean into that and let the community know that's the thing and how we interact or are you all of them because yeah, oh, there was a big you know when we're touching about the experience. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest problems for teachers' interactions was wearing masks. Yeah. And they can't the see face. your expressions. Mm -hmm. They can't see whether you're smiling. They can't. They're, it really mentally had an effect on mm -hmm. everyone. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, Oh, okay. On the yeah, Sorry. on the communication. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, like, it's, when you're talking about like the social worker interaction, one yes, of the most important yeah. things is seeing and having that emotional feedback and interaction. Oh, the joy, yeah, the that's comfort. Right. Yes, you, you just think, yes. what's what's going on? I can't tell. You can't read. Mm -hmm. You can't read mm -hmm. it with that. And so, yeah. no, yeah. it's oh, very true. Well, and um. Sorry, I to answer your question, Sean, too, I do think we try, <laughs> I maybe try to a fault to be a little bit of everything. Everything, yeah. And, and to everyone. And, yeah. and so I, I, I think more focus could be good in some areas. You know, we, mm -hmm. even with, with giving, um, certain older donors maybe want to still write that check and mail in a check. And then younger donors are like, can I Apple pay you my donation? Yeah, can I, can and, I Venmo you? Can I Venmo you? Yeah. Yes. And I, I do. I want to I want to reach all of that. Um, we, you know, we have strong social media platforms for Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter. Yeah. But don't ask me about Snapchat. I'm not great there. Now, my 19-year-old mm -hmm. son is incredible there. But, uh, you know, where yeah. should we be? 
right, what channels should we be focusing on and how can we be better? Even for our website, we, I, you heard me say, yes, traffic was up and we right. really enhanced our content. Um, but our giving page, I think, could use some refresh because um, it doesn't, you have to put in your information every time. For example, it doesn't remember you yeah. if you come back to make another Security donation. concerns there, mm. if, if so, you say yeah, that, yes, right? Things like that, yeah. yeah. So, yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. So how I, that's... Um, from a strategic standpoint, yes, always looking at what are the right channels, how do, there are some pretty tried and true areas of fundraising that's like how you talk to donors and always using I language, right? Like I, or, or not saying us, we, the organization, but like the the donor, I want the donor to know that they made that difference. They made that impact yes. because of you, or you language, I guess, and, yeah. sorry, instead of I language, but you, Mr. Donor, your support, <laughs> brought this program to the school or your support made that social worker right. smile help that kid or whatever it is so we try to embed some of the true <laughs> fundraising approaches of like storytelling and testimonials but with technology i think we could yes grow it's, immensely it's it, well it's a great event the breakfast was always i think yeah. We've attended, I've attended that over the oh, years. It's been a great event. We have two premier attend, events. Yeah. Yes, we have a Breakfast That's of Champions of every fall that I hope yeah. now is pretty known in Evansville, at least, and in our, some of our newer communities as we grow. Um, we honor a champion of Youth First yeah. once a year, and we thank our donors. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a free event, but we want to fill the room with gratitude and growth and honor people who have driven this work and this mission, honor our board members and our social workers, and the list goes on. So yeah. that's the breakfast. And then our, we do our spring auction, our benefit auction. And I'm going to say it is the best auction in town. It's Can I say the sure. best auction in Indiana? You can say <laughs> yes. You we, can say the not... The yeah. best non-sportsman rebellion. Oh yeah, because we have that right across from you, right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sports memorabilia. Yeah, nine of memories. Oh, okay. So it's, yeah. it's an inside joke. So oh, I love it. Yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> fair enough. We'll find our category, but we we did, and we had to go virtual the past two years with our auction. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that was always an in-person event, near and dear to our hearts. Um, but the we went virtual in 2020, and we did it again in 2021, which meant mobile bidding. bidding Right on your device, yep. It tells you when you're outbid, so yeah. you just need to go in and hit yes. a button and bid higher. Um, yeah, we streamed on Facebook so they could watch the program. And yeah, yeah, that's an amazing yeah. technology. That hand bid was an amazing, oh. amazing thing because, you know, when you're – one thing we, we noticed when we did it was when someone's speaking, mm -hmm. no one's bidding, right? You're sitting and then you're listening. Right, right. And then we found out, I think the first year we did it, it was like $6,500 we made in that time period that someone was speaking and it was kind of shut down from people walking around. So yes. where we would have lost out on that money in years past, we gained it. You gained it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. technology's great. Yeah, it works. And they may not even be in the room at that point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We saw that. So we we put a little bit of money into some Facebook boosting when we were promoing our items and we wanted people to see yeah. some of the cool packages we had. Oh, we saw bids from New York or Florida. Yeah. Or, you know, they did. you're right. They didn't have to be sitting in the room or even in the city. So Yeah. As a bidder of sports memorabilia, you know, it, it drove the prices up, but it was all for a good cause. Yeah. So, yeah. It does, but, yeah. it, but it also... Sports memorabilia, it, I like that. I bought a uh, Houston Oilers helmet um, 
a couple of years ago for my dad in our yeah. auction. We do yeah. have some sports memorabilia, but he, I was, you heard me say Texas. I was born yes. and raised in Houston. My dad is a huge Oilers fan. Warren Moon. So Warren Moon, yes. Oh my gosh, I was in second grade. I remember <laughs> seeing them play live and Warren Moon was the man. So yeah. yes, I bought a Houston Oilers. That's the first thing that comes to mind. I got I to gotta write that down because my father-in-law probably got all that stuff for you. <gasps> Paul Grease. Yes. Yeah. Oh so, my God. Yeah. That's yeah, right. So, okay. So at the okay. night of memories, it's like um, oh. Julie and her husband are coming, and I gotta get Oilers stuff. stuff. Oilers stuff. We get Michigan <laughs> stuff for, for okay. Sean. We know our target target audience. Yeah. Hit us at hockey. Anything Blues or Blackhawks. My oh, husband's a huge ho- pro pro hockey fan. Yeah. So yeah, you can go hockey. We're guilty. Yes. Yes. Anything Redbirds? Definitely gonna bid on till I, you know. Can't bid anymore. See, I can now Cardinals. target the two of you. This is yeah, good. See? Okay. No, I'm Cubs okay. fan, so. You're Cubs. Cubs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't really talk right now, mm-hmm. but it'll be all right. Yeah. It'll be all right. <laughs> you guys are in the same room. <laughs> oh, man. 11, 11 time champs, right? That's right. So much in common, but when, then the, when, the house when they only divided. made money, <laughs> when the Cubs only cared about making money. Yeah. Yeah. Went now that big. that's all changed, so. See how well that's going. All right. Well, we're 49 <laughs> minutes already it. in. So oh. we're going to get to the, the last questions. And I even have a, another fun question to ask. Okay. Okay. Do you have anything, you know, um, let's go to, could you what, give us a product, a person, a brand, like anything out there that has the experience like who does and, it the best and youth first is doing a great job youth and we first. realize that but it can't be it youth can't first. be youth first okay <laughs> yeah. we are a really great experience that's fair <laughs> i thought you know what i was going to come in and brag about was my car but my car's in the shop right now so what happened there <laughs> car yeah. Yeah. Did, the push start didn't work the other day and it's a smart car but it didn't, it didn't tell me what was wrong so <laughs> i then thought about my cell phone or my apple slicer that makes eight perfectly oh, that thing, you know yeah. eight yeah, apple pieces yeah. and i can throw the core away and then eat my, i don't know i this has been the coolest question and um ah I've person asked, product brand uh, completely up to you i got i mean i i feel like i keep wanting to say my iphone but that sounds so <laughs> everyone it's uses their iphone beat, right what are some of the, what have you guys heard? Let me. iPhone, a fork, a doorknob. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Hair, yeah. hair, mm. like for women, straighteners, uh, curling irons, hair products. I've heard that. Yeah. Um, Apple, of course. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, the iPhone in general. I yeah. mean, it, it's been a, it's been a good answer. I mean, it, it it's really changed, you know, our uh, culture just from the instant oh. and it really changed yes. apple from a business i mean actually i it was itunes and they were like how do we get this out of that laptop and how do we sell content you know that service that you know software as a service model and they were like oh it's in their hand all the time oh. they can listen to their music so it started you with know, the, the iPod. ipod that's right that's yeah. right and then, and then it boom. ruined the uh Ruined the music so industry. CDs went away. Yeah. Well, we ruined them because they weren't smart enough to to adapt and go that way, right? They were fighting it. Yeah. Like, no, we're against it. Like, and you watch how it affects the industry so fast. Yeah. Well, because at first there was a lot of disagreements, right, with music being stolen yeah. and stolen, pirated. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
What was I can't even remember the Napster. name of their Napster. Napster. If they would have oh, so if they would have embraced you know you look at that and like everyone says if you would if they would have embraced that and taken it over yeah how much more pro they'd be making money but now it's like they can hardly make money on oh, albums yeah it's you almost, don't need that brand yeah. anymore I mean right. they're yeah. yeah yeah it's taken away from you but uh, it's good uh, what was the next one Sean where well, yep. Oh, well, you know, it's the, what's the one thing you oh, want to experience? Well, and the, well okay, I did have ahead. a brain answer. Oh, oh. So sorry. Yep. I also was going to say, I love, <laughs> I have a girlfriend who sells cabbie clothing. So that I've is it. Have you that. heard of this? Yes. Okay. So that was going to be my answer, even though again, car and phone were kind of top of the list too. Yep. But for women, this model is a coming into your home. They bring the clothes into your home. This is, I wore my cabbie jacket today. Um, it's a little bit higher price point, but mm -hmm. you're connecting comfortably with your girlfriends and the salesperson who's usually a friend or a connector, you know, someone that's yeah. been vetted um, and they're bringing it into your home. My girlfriends and I will drink wine and snack while we're yeah. looking at the clothes. It's a brilliant <laughs> wow. experience, right? So yeah. they're bringing, again, they, the cabbie consultant, she is there mm -hmm. to set up the clothes, let you try on the clothes. And then of course you want to buy the clothes. So that I was, go I just That's wanted to share that if you guys, that was an experience that came to mind for sure. Man. <laughs> I don't no. know if they have any men's clothes or men's lines. Yeah. I don't know if men would sit around a living room and try on clothes and drink wine. Is that, nah, is nah. that an experience? <laughs> no, no. Uh, my, my experience usually is like, Honey, whatever you pick out oh, for me. Oh, my Thanks. husband says the same thing. He's he sends me <laughs> like I just know my style. get his clothes. I or like I just to... yeah, I go to one store and like okay, I need four shirts and four pairs of pants. Got it. <laughs> We're out. Even I just, though I, I do like fashion, I used to try everything. Strategy, like try this brand, and I do like shopping and looking at brands and looking at how that evolved. But over the last two years, I've went with the uh, the approach of I have these five pairs of this and I have these t-shirts and I have this jacket It's your look and it works y this is you jeans the classy t-shirt and the jacket because I've seen you twice in the past week and you look sharp that's your look that's it's all your brand, I mean Sean. yeah and I don't have to get I mean, when I had the closet and there was seven shirts that look like that <laughs> and one of them was a different brand than the other and then I was looking at the jacket does it match that and like you know then the shoes and all, like as a creative my it just took forever well and now i just go okay what? and my jackets are all in a line and then i just whatever jacket is there i match the shirt and goes with the jeans and i'm out the door <laughs> oh i love it see Saves five you, you simplify know, five minutes Boom. and you you probably feel joy that way I, right i do <laughs> a yes. lot more joy <laughs> absolutely i'm like melissa does this work no <laughs> yes, yes no yeah yeah so wow. as it, there was that design in there so yeah it does. That's that's the look. And our so. personal brands. I mean, there's something yeah. behind that. You want to own it. So I like yeah. that. I like that. Yeah. Um, what's the one thing you want to experience this year? Twenty. I mean, we went through a crazy year last year. Like, what's 2021 have in store for you? What's the one thing you want to see, do, oh. experience this year? Oh, well, you know, my... I immediately am going to answer that with, I'm so proud of my son. My Well, my stepson plays college hockey, okay? He's at Aquinas College in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and we didn't get to watch him 
play oh, very wow. much. And he he's been a hockey player his whole life. He was recruited to the that college to play at the hockey you know the yeah. collegiate level. Yeah. So uh, we want to get up there and see him play. That's that's what comes to mind. We couldn't travel, and everyone yeah. was kind of frozen for a while. Mm-hmm. And that's um, especially you guys know sports, sports, and when you're a sports family and yeah. travel minded. We, my husband especially, he's traveled all over the country with this kid. So we, we want to get on the road, see him play. We, he's got three little siblings. There are four, um, four in our brood total. So they, they love their big brother, and we all love watching to go. hockey. Yeah. So that's what comes yeah. to mind immediately is, is getting up to Michigan and traveling, getting, getting okay. to see him play. I just go like, imagine spending eighteen, all eighteen years of your life, like when you decide you want to go to the next level and do those things, and then experience, like not have the experience of a senior year in sports. I know. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. Like those, those, those individuals just who heartbreaks for for them. But I, I know that many people had many ways to you know be able to try out and look at you know options, and sounds like. Uh, connected there well he was he was a freshman last year but that was they still they took he took a lot of classes right from his dorm room you know they weren't they couldn't go to class or even with sports they had to do a lot of covid tests that morning or quarantine time or it was really clunky and the season was totally delayed because of covid but yeah they got to they did get some sort of a season and then we're looking forward to just yeah. more of that and in a regular college experience for him and i was gonna say for hockey like whew, when's that season because i've been to detroit when it was in january oh yeah I remember when it's, it was then too it's, cold to even walk outside you're like nope yeah. <laughs> and then they go into a cold ice yeah. rink and actually <laughs> it's even colder yep yep <laughs> All right, here's a new toy that we okay. have. Okay. Oh, okay. This is an interview deck. This is like oh, for podcasters, and I guess that's what we are today. Yeah, right? we, we do. We, is it official yet? We host a podcast. Is there a number? Are, yeah. Do we have the check mark? Yeah. Yeah. Number of likes? I don't know. Yeah, there's a there's a mug that's got a whole bunch of really good signatures on there. And, we're going to be able to add another one today, but yes, these are just yes. like a series of questions like... And you guys What's have to hear this because I, I listened to your some of yours when I was getting ready to come on. And I, some of my the podcasts I listen to, do you, don't you find I want to talk to them? Like I, yeah. I have so many people <laughs> yeah. tell me that with podcasts. So you yeah. guys might be talking to people you don't even realize. But when I run, I've got podcasts playing in my ear and I they're commentating on stuff and I want to join the conversation. So I love that you guys yeah. are bringing oh. this conversation to many, many ears. Yes. It, it's been fun. It's been a, a like what is it two years now yeah, yeah. two yeah. years yeah we well, took about six months off but everybody know. had to well give me one of these i want to right. oh i pick you choose. i pick yeah. okay it's like you we're in vegas question. right now yeah. a deck of cards I, I was gonna say i do have one comment because i want to add to what julie said i won't, being I won't read my with, card yet okay, with the go podcast on. because you know we we the experience of living in this world everything was sound bites for so long that I feel like people are just reverting back to you got to have a conversation. You got to listen to the whole conversation. You can't just have a sound bite and then know that person, right? Or yes. think you know that person. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I that's like important that. about. Just like with radio personalities, we all connect yeah. with our favorite radio DJs and hosts, and it's because they're they're talking to you every morning or yeah. they're having mm-hmm. that conversation with you. I yeah. agree. You're spending the time with them. You have you have equity there. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, okay. What's the question? If you don't like Ooh. it, you can change it. Who is your favorite hero of fiction? Harry Potter. No-brainer. 
it's been amazing. We are actually over an hour in. Flies. Is that podcast world, yeah. right? Like, is that the sweet spot of a podcast? Yeah, you want to be about 45 minutes. Okay. Yeah. But we had a little bit of time in the beginning and, and all those things. But you know what? It's the, the quality, right? The quality of the conversation. Um, how do the listeners connect with Julie? Ooh. Find, uh, find me on social media, right? Yeah. I want to say, I mean, or just come give me a hug. <laughs> I'll right. hug anyone. No, um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram and the Youth First website, youthfirstinc.org. Um, we have our staff photos on there even. So you can email me. It's jhoon at youthfirstinc.org. Um, yeah, I love, I love connecting with people. I love hearing from people and I love giving joyful hugs and just bringing joy, right? That'll, there's my brand. Amazing. It's been a good time. Thank you for all you do in the community. Thank you for connecting the youth to the help they need and in, in, in the moment that they need it. Very much appreciated. Um, once and again, hold on, you gotta say, and thank you for bringing joy to this oh, podcast. Oh, there we go. Appreciate you, it. Yes. Oh, you guys, yes, I'm yes, honored. Yes. I'm honored to be here and thank you for asking and inviting. Yeah. So we want to hear from the listeners. We need questions. You know, we need, we need what, what can we do to make this thing better as a creative pioneer? I'm always looking at the, you know, the 10% that could be better, you know, not the 90% of things that go right. Uh, I need some feedback of how we make this better, who we need to have on this podcast, um, what other channels that you need this released on. Do you want to hear it live? Do you want to do you want to see it live? What can make this podcast at 530 on Main in the Extension Studio hosted, you know, by Extend Group or sponsored by Extend Group and uh, VPS Architecture? What can Mike, you know? co-host i don't think he can do anything i mean he's he's got it all done he's he's doing a great job over there I just but show up i'm like the sidekick <laughs> it's an important role oh yeah 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 but no thank you so much like share whatever you can do to help support the podcast tell us who we need to have on the next one uh share it with your friends five star it, one star it uh we appreciate you spending an hour with us of your day as Julie said, you know, it, it, it means something to us that you would uh, lean in that far and go that long with our conversation. So thank you once again, Julie. Thank you, Mike. Uh, at 530 on Main. Talk to you next time. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of At 530 on Main, hosted by Sean Collins and Mike Davis. Please leave us a review and share your thoughts on today's episode. Let us know how you've been inspired or what you would like to hear on future episodes. And if you've enjoyed the conversation, help us spread the word. Share us on your social channels. Message a friend. Rate the podcast. Without you, this experience would not be possible.